The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. You know, we've got to be connected defensively. I mean, Asbury and John Michael Wright and Bryce Thompson, those three guards all can really, really score and shoot it. Um, and then you've got your bigs. You know, you got three of the big shot blockers, Cisse and then the all-league player, uh, boom. So we've got to, we've got to really, you know, guards or guards can't get them loose and going with some threes. Transition D, but then rebounding. They, they can really rebound with their life. And we can't limit those second chance. we got to limit those second chance points. And for us, offensively, we got to stay confident. You know, they're, they're, they're elite defensively. Um, they're, they're number one in our league. We've, we've got to, you know, play through some misses, play through some blocked shots, and then conversely knock down some shots. There's Porter Moser talking about the keys tonight to beat Oklahoma State. He listed a lot of keys, by the way. Rebounding battle, uh, got to shoot the ball well. He threw in a lot of keys there. Yeah, it looked like a janitor's key ring. <laughs> Above all tonight, the number one key for OU to beat Oklahoma State for the first time this year is what? As always, text line 405-651-3439. Though, I'll ask that, and I know some of you will say score more points than they do. But anyway, you can interact if you'd like to on that. Number one key for you tonight. Number one key for me tonight is, man, I want to say stay out of foul trouble down low, but I'm going the other way with turnovers. Limit turnovers. This team has been plagued with turnovers in their losses. Some getting above 20 turnovers a game. Keep the turnovers to single digits tonight, and I feel like OU has a really good shot to win this game. Yeah, I, um, I'm i really tempted to go with this the lame line of you have to shoot better than 5 of 22 from 3 and 4 of 15 from 3. That was uh, that, That's what they've done their two games against really Oklahoma out there State on a limb, this year. Huh? Yeah. Really out there on a limb. He, that's the real meaty part of the limb. I, I, I don't know how you do it, but you got to keep Cissé off the glass, man. Um, and I, I don't think that you're going to shut him down and hold him scoreless tonight, but – Second chance points are big. I, I, I'm going to say that. Second chance points for, for Oklahoma State. You get out-rebounded by 10 in Norman, and you got out-rebounded by 5 in Stillwater, and that was a game where Cissé wasn't really fully healthy and playing the whole game. You can't, you can't just get dominant on the boards and allow them to have second opportunities because you're already undersized enough, Travis, but when Cissé and Boone – they get offensive rebounds down low. Guess what's about to happen? They're about to flush it home for a dunk for an easy two points. So yeah, you, you've yeah. got you've got to keep the rebounding as evenly as as even as you possible possibly can. Yeah, but there's absolutely. a lot. I mean, I, I I would I don't disagree with Porter in any of those keys that he threw out there. No, that well, it's it, it's hard hard to disagree with any of them because again, Tyler, as we touched on last hour. At any point in time during this season, every we've struggled with any, everything, right? We've struggled with shooting. We've struggled with turnovers. We've struggled with fouls. We've struggled with rebounds. We've struggled with, I mean, everything. But at times, oh, we'll just go beat a couple ranked teams on the road. Or we'll beat the best team in the country in Alabama at the time. You know, like, that's that's the thing. You could say every single thing that a team would need to do to beat another team could be a key for this team right now. We don't know. Yeah, so if someone asks Mike, Mike Boynton the same question, like what are the keys tonight, do you think he would list off as many keys as Porter Moser just did for his team to win tonight? 
Not not even close. Right, okay. Not even close. Yeah. But Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, what does this team do well? Uh, I mean, are you, are you talking about OU or are you talking about OSU? Because OU, o, o, what, OU what? they can sometimes shoot it well, but outside that, consistently, I I I, I don't I don't think that there's an answer to that. Some <laughs> that was uh, that was good. I mean, hey, am I wrong? Do? I'm not even trying yeah. to be funny there. I was no, being well, serious. It, it's it, I I would say, what do they do well? Not I mean, not much of anything well. I think they they are inconsistent and do different things well on different nights, but it's it's kind of like we talked about in the football season, Tyler, right? Like, what is, what's the calling card for this team? What can we hang our hat on? And that's that's the thing with, with this OU team. I think right now maybe the identity is is guard play, is is Uzan and Owe and, of course, Sherfield uh, being probably the advantage uh, but I think that just speaks to how weak we are on the interior. Yeah, um, I, I bring that up. Like, would Boyton's list of keys be a lot shorter than what Porter Moser just said? And I think you're right. The answer to that is yes. That's why I'm just so intrigued because when we started the show today, it was a the line is was at a pick'em, okay? And then I brought it up again to you at four o'clock, and OSU was a one point favorite. Well, now it's 5 o'clock, Travis, and the line is back to a pick'em. So, Jeez. like, the path to victory for OSU does seem a lot more – it's easier to see than it is for OU side of things, and yet Vegas is saying even though OSU won both matchups and they won them by double digits, they still have it as a pick'em. So, I, I, I'm looking for every reason to get my hopes up and get optimistic about this game tonight – I guess I will use the betting line being like, uh, what's this? What, what's this line? Like, wh- wh- what's up with this line right here? I guess I'll use that as my reason to get re- very optimistic tonight about this game. I mean, like I said, dangerous in last, road. In our last six games, we've got three ranked wins, all in blowout fashion. Uh, you know, that's that 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 does sound like a team that might be able to take an unranked Oklahoma State and handle them. But I think part of us we're still stuck on that. Uh, you know, the seven out of eight games being losses and seven straight conference losses in that span. Seven straight conference losses. I think that's what a lot of us are thinking about instead of the next six games where we went three and three. But we'll see. Uh, okay, let's see. Text line, uh, biggest key. Take out their best players and Groves doesn't foul out. Sam Godwin, you got to take out their best players tonight. You got to do it for the program. Got Come to. Come on. We'll see if you're a program guy. How much you really? How much you really love the program? C.J. Noland, I feel like, can yeah. really take somebody out. He's a thicker guy. Yeah. Chris says we got to win the boards. Agree. Uh, this texture in the three one nine says pray. That's the uh, P R A Y. By the way, that's that's the biggest key to the game. Stop OSU's bigs is on the four oh five. Number one key for Oklahoma is to finish at the rim. This one says, be the Dr. Jekyll team, not the Hyde team. This one says, I bet Mama Groves gives them a a pep talk. 405 is trolling me. Score more point. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Uh, Can we use the TCU approach and just take Boone and Cissé out? Hey, it it worked for for them. They went to a national title. That's not beneath me to to go about it that way. You play to win the game. And and we're not talking – we're not talking, you know, 
life-altering injuries or something like that. You know, a little little rolled ankle here, you know, a little pole ham, you know, just a little bit. You know, maybe a little concussion protocol, which they'll be fine. We're not asking them to, you know, bring a shank out onto the field. Just do what just do what everyone was uh doing to Blake Griffin back in two thousand and nine. When they'd like flip him over uh Good on the Lord. court. You remember that when yes. Dexter Pittman like elbowed him in the nose in that game? It seemed like everyone was always taking a cheap shot at Blake Griffin, so Maybe this time around you need to be the one that uh, that hands those out. He was just so big and athletic, nobody cared. Yeah. They're like, oh, he can take it. It's like, that's not the point. <laughs> I, I, I will say this about this team, and I know in the grand scheme of things, in terms of wins and losses, it hasn't mattered all that much. I, I, I question a lot about this team going into this tournament and going into to tonight's game. You've really never had too many instances this year, especially recently, where you've questioned their, you know, want to win. Like, they're, they're going to play hard tonight. They, they may not win. In fact, I, I don't think that they will win. But they're, they're not a team that's totally thrown in the towel. Like, you're going to get max effort tonight from, from those guys. Oh, and especially given that, you know, you're, you may be looking at the last game for a you. I mean, if we lose, it's last game for, like, half the roster. So, when you look at, you know, our starting lineup that features three seniors – especially when you think of it like an emotional guy like Tanner Groves, hopefully he can rein that in and use it, you know, to his advantage as opposed to maybe getting upset with the officials or getting upset down low and letting a, uh, an elbow fly or something like that. These guys got to remain focused. They got to fight. But I think you'll get it because, again, last maybe their last game in an Oklahoma uniform. Yeah. I wonder um, what – well, I, I, I guess the question is if, and I think the answer is yes – Porter Moser on a hot seat if they lose tonight going into year three, and how hot is that seat going into the year? Because it almost feels like to me that next year is either a make an NCAA tournament in year three or we might have to move in a different direction. That's what it yeah. feels like to me. Yeah, I, I do think I do think he's well set up right now. I'm not sure full-blown hot seat. I know a lot of people are down on him and whatnot. What's crazy is, you know, OSU fans are – in love with Boynton and you know they had their they had their you know suspension stuff their NCAA stuff but they're gonna I mean they are likely to miss the tournament if we just go off Lunardi right now and it's just funny when you think of the attitudes of the program and how different they are but Tyler I'm telling you these two freshmen that we've got they're a nice nucleus to go forward with we've got two top 100 players coming in two forwards coming in um, you know, number nine, I think 48 and 93 respectively. And then with that nucleus and that core, I think you should be able to go get a really good big guy out of the portal. I don't think you were ever going to get a really big, guy, a good big guy coming out of the portal to sit behind Tanner or to play next to Tanner. I think a lot of it was Tanner's going to get the attention in the offense. So I, I think Porter's going to have a really good offseason. Tanner Groves is coming off the best game of ah. – he may be coming off his best game since we first found out about the Groves brothers against Kansas a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament. His best game this year. What did he have on uh, Saturday against TCU? He had 23 points and 10 rebounds. Yeah, that's his best game of the year. And Sherfield had 20 points as well. We can talk about whatever we want, but if you get that type of stat line, which is going to be really tough against an elite defense, you get those, those numbers from those two guys, you're going to be in pretty good shape here. Well, and especially if he gets it on the pick and roll. 
because, I mean, he's he's got decent moves down low. He, he, a lot of people bite for his pump fake, like more, like far more people than I ever would imagine would bite for his pump fake because he does it a lot. But he gets good position down low. I want him scoring down there, and I know that OSU has athletic bigs. But when Tanner starts to drift out to the three-point line and he starts taking a bunch of threes, then I really start getting concerned. Like he he needs to get into the inside, try and get some hard buckets, and try and draw some fouls. Yeah, no kidding. You got to get their bigs in foul trouble. That that'd be nice. Uh, commit low number of fouls and sink ninety percent plus of your free throws. Says the four six nine. Uh, get Brawny to transfer. Says the four zero five. Brawny is rated <laughs> as a five star. How about I that? I saw that. I saw that. I don't know what to think about that. Well, I think you know exactly what to think about that. He's I don't a, know what to say about that. I should say <laughs> he he is a he's a very good basketball player, but there may be um, a little bit of an Arch Manning effect here. He he's a good basketball player, and he will play in the NBA, and he'll probably play next to his dad at some point. But is he really five star quality? Eh, that's up for debate. Yeah, I I personally don't think he is, but hey, that's not what I uh it's not up to me. Luckily, Tyler, these things shake out, right? It all it, it, it all comes, you know, public eventually. Arch Manning is going to have to eventually play football at Texas on national television. That's going to happen. Just like Bronny, he's going to have to compete in the NBA or make an NBA roster and do all this. Like That stuff's going to happen. I can't wait to watch both. Yeah. Well, didn't you hear that uh, Arch Manning is in a quarterback competition down there in Austin already after spring yeah. practice number one? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we'll see about that. If, the, if he wins that job, Quinn is worse than I thought. And I already don't think Quinn's very good, but he's better than Arch Manning. Yeah, Arch is going to have to – I mean, he's really going to have to be head and shoulders the best quarterback that they have during uh, during both, sp- both spring and fall camp. Because if it's, if it's even, they're going to go with Ewers most likely. Now, if it's even, he'll probably have a pretty short leash, but he'll be the starter to start the year. Like, he's the heavy favorite to start game one. I just think Arch is going to start a game at some point this year. I really feel that way. I mean, you always have to consider the way that concussion protocols are going and kind of the way the sport's being called. Yeah, if if Quinn takes one big shot, you know, they may hold him out or something like that. Like, like same with Dylan Gabriel last year. Like, they are, they are continuing to – Pay more attention to concussions. So yeah, I think I think I think that's a reasonable take. Uh, by the way, big news uh, out of the Big Twelve tournament today. I know we haven't played a game yet. No Eddie Lampkin for TCU, one of their best players. Uh, he has taken a leave of absence from the team. No idea if he's going to be back for the NCAA tournament or not. But if you were to make a run, if OU wins tonight, they'll play Texas tomorrow night at six p.m. And if you were to win that game, you would play the winner of TCU and Kansas State. So. You just beat TCU handily. They're going to be without one of their better players. As Travis has been trying to get our hopes up all day long. Oh, it's setting up to make a run. Hey, last it's setting time up for season, one baby. final tease. Last time of the season. Got to have it. 405-651-3439. Uh, I guess there's some burning questions. Burning questions for each Big 12 team heading into spring football, according to uh, 24-7 Sports. We'll talk about what OU's burning question is coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering. 
the Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, keep those texts coming. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So where's the pass rush, Travis? That's what 24-7 Sports says is OU's burning question going into spring football. They say OU finished 107th nationally in pro football focus pass rush grade and ranked 78th nationally in pressure rate on passing downs. Um, those are not great numbers. I actually do, like, and I'm not saying that they're going to lead the country in sacks next year. Am I the only one who actually has some confidence with who they have coming back and who they have coming in? Like, I feel like the pass rush is going to be a lot more consistent next year. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just look at the production we brought in. Look at Rondell Bothroyd alone. I mean, he had one of the highest win rates of any defensive lineman in the ACC. I mean, you look at what Trace Ford's been when he's been healthy. Guys getting another year in the system. You look at guys like Isaiah Coe and Jordan Kelly that are, are going to have more time. You look at Ethan Downs, who you know I think weighed in at like 280. Now he's going to trim down a little bit. But, I mean, guys that have been with Schmitty, uh, with more time, with Bates and with Venables and Chavis with more time. I mean, it, it. A, on one hand, you don't think it can get much worse, which is unfortunate, but, I mean, I think I think the the proof is in what these coaches have done before and what Schmitty's done before and what some of these transfers have done before. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some proven commodities that you're going to add. Like, I, I still think it's fair to say that it's a question mark going into spring. But is it the burning question of this football team? I would say that it is a line, but it's the opposite line. It's the offensive line that's the big question mark to me. Like I, I think, you know, I, pass rush is a question mark. Defensive line is a whole shore. But I think that they'll have enough production to be a, a much better defense this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. And I think Sam McCullough is going to have a lot to do with that. I think we'll see maybe some coverage sacks. Uh, you'll see Woody hopefully continues to get better, who's already probably our best corner. We'll see, I think, on the opposite side, uh, you know, a battle uh, for that spot. I like Gentry Williams in it. Uh, Dolby will obviously have something to say about that. But, yeah, I, I, just think, I just think the defense as a whole is going to be so much better in their second year. We've seen this from Brent Venables before when he was at Clemson. The defense took a massive jump in the second year, and I don't think we have any reason to believe it won't this year. Yeah, and I'd say, too, like you, you really need to. I think they will, but I don't know how many elite offenses that you're going to face this year. Like As it stands right now, who do you think is going to be thought of as the best offense OU's going to face next year? Texas? And if it's Texas, we have major concerns about their quarterback going into the season, so much so that they may be playing a true freshman by the time it's, it's all said and done. Like, I yeah. just, like, if it's Texas or if it's not, like, the point is, I don't, I just, teams will get better and they'll emerge, sure, but I just, I don't know if OU's going to face an elite offense this year. Yeah, I would agree, and honestly, getting Garrett Riley out of the conference is probably a good sign for that. Yeah. Um, and OU wouldn't have played him anyway, but yes, correct. Well, I guess they would have at the tail end of the year, but yeah, right. I, I, so... Getting him out of the league is good, and I don't look at a lot of these other OCs in the league and just say, oh, God, they can dial it up anywhere on the field. Got to right. be nervous and, about this guy. And when you look at Texas, I mean, 
there's going to be so much pressure on their young running backs. Obviously, I think Cedric Baxter is very good. Uh, a lot of Texas fans are really high on Jonathan Brooks at running back. But, Tyler, they're losing over 2,100 yards of rushing from Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. They're losing 23 rushing touchdowns. I mean, that is significant. They only had 29 rushing touchdowns. So the amount of production that they're losing just in the backfield is tremendous, Tyler. So do you trust Quinn Ewers to put the team on his no. on, on his back? Because I sure don't. Well, We, we saw it, it at he, Oklahoma State. It didn't work. Well, and we also saw it the last game that they played uh, against Washington. He had that opportunity to change the narrative a little bit going into the yep. offseason, and he just didn't, man. And that's Texas' burning question, according to 24-7 Sports. Can Quinn Ewers be consistent? That's not a good place to be going into the offseason if you're wondering if your quarterback's going to be just massively up and down like he was a year ago. Because he was, man. He played some good games a year ago um, at times, but at other times he was just, man, he was below average. Very below average in, in the two games that we just mentioned. So that, yeah, that's Texas' big question mark according to 24-7, and I would agree. Yeah, he threw 50, 15 touchdowns to six interceptions. I mean, 58% completion percentage. I mean, this this wasn't the number one overall highest rated recruit we've ever seen in his second year of high-level college football, which it is his second year technically, his first year playing actually, but we all remember the Ohio State NIL gig. So, I mean, this is supposed to be the best recruit ever. That's what we were all told. And it's only a cautionary tale for Arch Manning enthusiasts because it looks like you might have years of this type of production. Let's see, uh, text line. Based on last year, the pass rush was awful, but I think you guys are going to see a third down rotation of Trace Ford and Rondell Bothroyd at edge and Downs and Grimes on the defensive line. I mean, yeah, I mean, don't count out your five star PJ Atabare in that yeah, mix as well. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're loaded at the position. Like, and when I say loaded at the position, I'm not saying you have first round picks on each side of the edge, but what I'm saying is your depth is so much better this year. And you've got R. Mason Thomas, who had a fantastic freshman He's campaign. the most forgotten guy on the defense, I mean, maybe the entire team. He had a good year last year. Right. I mean, Ethan Downs was second all second team all Big 12 in his first year in the system. I mean, R. Mason Thomas was a wrecking ball. P.J. seems like the real deal. I mean, you can just almost at edge – we almost have too many guys now. you got to start to think, uh, you know, start moving some of these guys inside like uh, Jonah Laulu. They, they just have more bodies. I, I think what you mean, and I agree with it, they, they just have the bodies to truly be multiple like they want to be. Like right. they, they, they can just do multiple things defensively with the bodies that they have now. You've got a nice mix of young talent and some proven commodity at, at those positions. And I know Trace Ford, he's been beat up by injuries, but at the same time, like, when Trace Ford's been healthy, we, we've seen him be a highly productive player. We've seen Bothroyd be a productive player. Yeah, and, um, you can, and you can limit their snaps enough to where you're not – it's kind of like a um, – and I know this is a weird comparison, but remember the, the narrative around Christian McCaffrey going out to San Francisco? Oh, he's injury prone. You know, you got to worry how much are you giving up for him. Well, San Francisco didn't need him to, to, to you know, get the ball 30 times a game. They already have all kinds – of weapons they just needed a specialist to come in 
and stay out of and, and stay out of harm's way and injury's way. You can do that more with Trace Ford. You don't need him playing 60 snaps a game. Sure. You can rotate him in and say, hey, look, you're going to play 25 snaps a game, but out of those 25 snaps, I want you to be in the backfield for 24 of them. Uh, speaking of pass rushers, not on campus yet. Don't even know if he's for sure going to be on campus, but there's a crystal ball for uh, williams Winery, number one defensive lineman at OU. Yeah. Or not to get also, excited about that. There's also a Rivals future cast from the Tennessee Rivals writer huh? to Oklahoma. Well, okay. Well, I, Tennessee is in on his recruitment, so I guess that makes sense. Okay. Yep. And they've got him to they've got him to Oklahoma as well. Now it's a new writer with Rivals, it seems. Just started, uh, I believe, in January. But this guy writes for Rivals for Tennessee, and even he says Oklahoma is the future destination so not just uh it's not just an echo chamber of of ou media and fans saying no no we lead we lead we lead no i think we actually do what's the uh, new over under on the uh, four defensive line uh recruits on how many they need to get is it still two or are you bumping it up to three with this latest news you getting greedy oh, I'm, I'm i'm feeling super greedy i i Ooh. i think we get Man, because because everything, things keep falling in our favor, Tyler. That's that's the thing. So the let's just go one by one, right? So William Winery does. He, he, we knocked a visit out of the park, right? He's he's there talking from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Gets one-on-one time with BV. He's singing our praises. Gets the crystal ball, right? So you're like, okay, cool. That's a big one, right? And now David Stone. Okay, let's go there. I know Parker doesn't want to talk about it. it you know. Understandably, yeah, it's very defensive it's gonna be a, about that earlier today. Because it's going like, to be a very fine. long. Okay, we'll think, talk about it. I think the Peyton Bowen recruitment really, like, really it changed got him. to him. It changed, yeah, it changed him. him. It changed him. He's young, you know. I get it, but I think David Stone with Michigan State. I mean, it, we were. I, I had always felt OU was going to be where where David Stone ended up. I think he likes the attention. I think that's very obvious. I think he likes the love from the fan bases. That's very obvious and enjoys the recruitment process, that's perfectly fine. But Michigan State was the biggest threat to Oklahoma in this recruitment, and Michigan State just lost his lead recruiter. So I, so you can't even imagine that. I know their GM is, is involved in defensive line recruiting. He's the one that brought in by Job, obviously. Uh, but I think with him and Sims, with that guy gone, with BT Jordan gone, I, 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 even though I felt like they were both going to end up being Sooners, I'm even more confident in it now. And then you turn to Nigel Smith, and Tyler, I told you months ago that I thought he was the most likely to end up in the class. Which is still true today, I think. It's still true today. So when you just when you go but one by one, I almost have to treat it like a football schedule, Tyler. Will OU go undefeated this year? No, they won't go undefeated. But if you just break it down game by game, you can pretty much talk yourself into being favored, but the problem is when you try and land, when you try and win them all, or in this case, when you try and land them all, it's just safer to bet that you don't. So I, I think we get, I think we get three of them, but man, it's it's because I'm talking myself down from four. I think the only reason we don't get those specific four maybe is if something on the board changes, maybe if Edric Houston or something like that starts to be more of a priority. It's It, it could change a little bit. And maybe if they find another P.J. Adebari that rises, rises from a three-star all the way up to a top-ten player. Yeah, they should probably try and do that. Can they do that? Should try and find another P.J. Adebari? Uh, he's got I, a younger brother. I, I know he's got a, another younger brother out there, but, uh, yeah, if, if they can do that, I, I think that that, would, uh, I think that that would work out quite nicely. 
All right, we got a couple of segments left. We'll hit on this uh, Bedlam Hoops game coming your way at 8.30 tonight. I might as well check the spread once again. I've checked it like three or four times today, Travis, and every time I check the spread, the spread has changed. It's either OSU is a one-point favorite or it's at a pick Maybe by the time we get out of here today, OU will be your favorite to win the game. That, that'll make that'll make everyone around here feel real great about things if OU's favored to win, right? Right. Oh, funny. All right, uh, more to come next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. From Norman to Lawton to Weatherford to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond, the Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the KREF app. Hi, I'm Bob. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. It's Bedlam Part 3 tonight, the first round of the Big 12 tournament. 10-seed OU, 7-seed Oklahoma State at 8.30 on ESPNU. Let's see if the spread has changed, Travis Davidson. It has not changed. Um, <laughs> it's it's still a pickup. Still a pickup. So for the first time today, we checked, and uh, it's still a pickup out there in uh, Kansas City. Okay, they all know right. Something we don't. The they e- know something we don't. The ESPN Basketball Power Index uh, does favor Oklahoma State. They give OSU a fifty-nine percent chance to uh, win this game tonight. Yeah, what do they know? I'll go with the pickup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are, are you gonna you, you gonna take a OU money line then? Are oh, you, I think you've I think you've got to. Okay. I mean, I'll just spin it as the I'll take the team that's you know in their last six games they've beaten three ranked opponents. Uh, I'll te- take that. Text line says, "Hey guys, on my way downtown for dinner at John's Big Deck, and then to the game. Go Sooners." I've never been to that uh, establishment in Kansas City, but have the best time. Have the best yeah. time. Um, here, here's what the uh, odds currently look like to win the tournament in Kansas City. KU's the favorite at plus 250. Texas at plus 350, second best odds. Then it goes Baylor at plus 450. K-State plus 700. Iowa State plus, seven, uh, Iowa State plus 700. We got TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, OU, and Texas Tech. Uh, who are you picking to win the Big 12 tournament? Are you going uh, chalk, rock chalk in uh, KC? Or are you going with a little bit more of a, of a surprise here? No, I think I, I think Kansas is who I'll go with. I mean, oh, for since, no. Uh, I know it's that's who I'll go with if OU doesn't pull off the miracle run. Let me uh, let me preface that. But you know what's you know what's kind of crazy, Tyler? When you just think back on the season and conference play, it's like we played as you go down the list of the Big Twelve. Like we played with everybody. We either beat everybody. Or played with everybody tightly, except the seven seed. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, the the one team that we didn't at least, whether it was take to overtime, or beat outright, or have a lead late, or something like that, or, like, was OSU. Incredible. So we're due, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I guess it just shows how tough of a matchup it is for, for, for OU in this game. 
Um, I- I'm going to pick Baylor, by the way. Don't ask me why I'm picking Baylor. I'm really only picking Baylor because I'm not going to be like you and take the favorite to to win this week, though KU's probably going to be your number one overall seed. Uh, I think Baylor's a very good basketball team. Uh, I- I'm picking Baylor to uh, win it all this week in Kansas City. In- interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, hey, in this league, any any guess is good. Any guess is good. It's going to come down to health. The, the, you know, it, it's the ball's got to bounce the right way. The ref's got to be, you know, maybe miss some things on one side. You know, these are going to be close games. It's going to be the best conference tournament out there. Though so Baylor um, threw out quite the stinker the last time they played. Uh, they got just drug at home by Iowa State on Saturday. They get the rematch with Iowa State coming up tomorrow in the early game. And uh, I'm going to guess Baylor takes care of business this time around. Yeah, that was a that was embarrassing. I remember that because I think it was like Cyclone Larry was 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 talking about it on Twitter or something like that. But yeah, again, this league it's just too good. I can't wait to watch right when we get get off air. Start watching a little basketball. Yeah, you got uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech coming up at uh, six p.m. What is that? I think West Virginia is a. Uh, Four-point favorite in that game. We both like West Virginia in that game. Yeah, I think I think West Virginia might win. Uh, I, I think they might cover that line easily. That's that's my guess. I, I just have no idea where Tech is at mentally after all this. But again, yeah. may, <laughs> I say that, and maybe they go play one of the best games of the year, and uh, they, uh, they, they go beat West Virginia tonight. I, yeah. I'm not going to bet on that happening. I'd be surprised if that happens, but we always tend to, oh, my gosh, they lost their coach. They're about to go into free-fall mode. That's not always the case. Texas sure didn't go into free-fall mode. In fact, um, their interim head coach just won Coach of the Year by at least one publication. I forgot who it was, but that honor was uh, handed down today. I-, I-, I thought that they would have a rough ending to the year after losing Chris Beard in that fashion, but Texas ended up being just fine. Well, maybe with him in the news now taking another job, it's maybe a distraction. Saying, hey, what's up? That was our coach. He's the one that told us to come here. Now he's taking a job in the SEC. What's going on here? We're about to be in that conference. You know, Texas Tech with coaching issues, TCU, Iowa State with players leaving. I'm telling you, it's all coming together. He's going Ole Miss. Emerged as the top candidate. Chris Beard's probably going to be coaching uh, high school. Or, yeah, high school. College basketball next year in the SEC for the Ole Miss Rebels. And uh, Will Wade, who got in trouble at LSU, got fired there. He is the front runner for the uh, McNeese State job. So, yeah, got to love that, huh? Yeah, got to well, love just, that. Just win, baby, win. Uh, we were talking about Quinn Ewers last segment. Drew from Flower Mound texted in and says, I don't know about Quinn. He's okay, but I'm not blaming him for that loss versus Washington. He could have played better. I'm not saying y'all are blaming him for that, but do y'all remember Xavier Worthy in that game? He was dropping everything. I'm not saying y'all are wrong because those games against OSU and TCU were bad. Yeah, Xavier Worthy did. Uh, he dropped some balls in that Washington game. He he dropped a uh, he dropped a lot of footballs last year though. Uh, pretty much he, through every game. He did, but I mean, the point still stands, right? Like, what games did Quinn the number one? one of the highest-rated recruits of all time with weapons all around him. What what games did he just take over and win? Uh, I don't think that there was one. Like He was playing well early in that Alabama game before he got hurt, but um, at, at the same time, he wasn't just torching them down the field left and right. Right. So with enough evidence, especially, Tyler, that OSU game, 
man, 19 for 49 interceptions on the last two drives to lose the game when you've got Bijan Robinson, the best running back in the country, probably over the last couple of years, is sitting right back there waiting for the ball. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's as much on Sark as it is on Quinn Ewers, you know? Oh, absolutely. And this year, if you know they're playing in a windy game like they were in Stillwater last year, and what did you say, 19 to 49 in that game, if he's struggling? Yeah. This time around, you don't have the best running back in college football to turn and hand the ball off to. At least I don't think that they're going to have that. So Or his backup. Or his backup either, who looked pretty good at the NFL Combine as well. It's a big year. I mean, we keep talking about a big year for BV, and it absolutely is. I, I will not deny that for one second. It's a big year for Sark, though, man. You know, I mean, he could. There's a scenario where he finds himself on the hot seat going into year four in their first year in the SEC. Yeah, bringing up that OSU game, Quinn threw half of his picks on the that he had on the year against Oklahoma State in a windy game. <laughs> yeah, in, in an OSU team that was really beat up uh, yeah, that had, day. had three picks. But, yeah, I think with Sark, how much stock do you put into the, hey, he got Arch, he bought enough time to at least see Arch out? Like, how much do you put into that? It, it, does it really matter what he does this year? Um... I think that there is some truth to that because it does sound like Arch. It was more about it was more about Sark than it was Texas. Sure, so I yep. I, I could buy in I, I could buy in that a little bit, but at the same time, I got to think that he's on a hot seat if they roll out a six and six regular season this year because they're going to be picked to win the conference. Man, I'm just telling you, that's that's who people that's going to be. It's not going to be unanimous, but they're going to have the most first place votes when the, uh, the median coaches vote on it uh, later on this year. They're, they're going to have super – I know they, they always have, I guess, high expectations. This is going to be the highest expectations they've had in a while coming into this year. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're legit. I'm just saying that that's where they're going to be picked. Well, I, I think it'll almost be Texas by default in, in some areas, right? Because they're like, well, we know they're talented. You know, they were one of the better teams last year in the conference, at least kind of up there in the conversation. But – the the other play, I mean, Deuce Vaughn not being at Kansas State anymore is a massive blow to that offense, right? TCU, obviously, with all they lost, right? Uh, a a, a first-round type wide receiver, their Heisman candidate quarterback, their offensive coordinator, their wonder kid offensive coordinator. Like, I, I think it's just that Texas, they don't see it as, because Quinn and Sark get a lot of the spotlight, they don't see the question mark of Bijan not being there. So I think they just see it as, Hey, you know what? We're pretty sure Texas is going to finish top three or four in the conference, so let's go ahead and pick them to win because we have no idea who else is going to do anything. Uh, one quick text before we hit a break uh, from the 918. I'll just tell you guys the current conversation is pretty applicable to DG, the same as Quinn Ewers. Well, I, I don't think that the, the situations were the same last year. I, I do agree with the overall point that DG's got some things to prove this year that I'm 100% with you on. But Dylan Gabriel didn't have the best running back in college football at a first-round draft pick at running back last year, you know? Dylan, Dylan Gabriel also had 62.7% completion percentage, down to 58 from Quinn. Yeah, he had better had numbers, high, yeah, without the same situation. average, had way more touchdowns, had 10 more touchdowns with the same amount of interceptions. Um, I mean, it's it's really like – it's really not that comparable. I mean, when you look at the the quarterback rating, it's nowhere near close. Like it, and Dylan Gabriel was not the one of the highest rated recruits of all time. Like I think that's I think the context there 
is valuable. But I do agree with the overall point. Like, does DG have some things to prove this year? Yeah, absolutely he does. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, DG has some things to prove, of course. But he was also much better than Quinn Ewers last year. Yeah. All right, we got one final segment left. We'll hit on this Bedlam basketball game one more time. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier.